This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Skate Podcast on weei.com and the radio.com app. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Craig Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Lace him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Sunday Skate, I'll give it a B. B plus. On WEEI. Holy, this is a big-time show. It is a big-time show. All right, getting close to the big time now. We've got a huge, all these huge guests, Matt. But uh, finally got the uh, the tri host back. Pete Blackburn is in studio, in studio, and we've got the launch of Sunday Skate coming in a week and a half, right? February 9th, Sunday mornings, eight to nine on the flagship ninety three seven FM. Pete, welcome. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you coming in for this. Of course, you know Pete from CBS Sports, and now the new CBS Family Morning Newsletter, which he uh, very family friendly gets up. Yeah. How oh, does that include like updates on like? Whatever CSI show is coming out too, or is it just sports? No, it's just sports. <laughs> oh, okay, CBS Sports Morning. Maybe newsletter. like the, the Magnum reboot or whatever. Uh, Young Sheldon updates <laughs> every Monday. And still listen to brunch, right, with DJ Bean? Yep, correct. Periodically, sporadically, every week. Oh, DJ does something other than watch the Celtics and be a fanboy about <laughs> the them. New England Revolution. And <laughs> the Revolution, exactly. So the Bruins are uh, in the midst of their bye week, and of course uh, off the All Star break. So we're looking ahead a little bit to the, the remaining games. Fifty one games in. Calman, 29, 10, and 12. It's gone so fast. It's yeah. I mean, still uh, you know, a good, thir- what, 30, 31 games left. But we'll, we'll give Trading up. water since December 1st. Is that the way you would phrase it? That's the way it is. Yep. It's been for the for 500 team, basically, since December 1st. And After the trade deadline, the season's over in a snap. It's Right. It's, we've already hit the mid. Everybody looks at this as the midway point. Right. It's not the midway point. you got 30 games left. So, Well, treading water, like, uh, I guess they had a little stretch of – Difficulty, obviously, the entire year it's been framed by overtime troubles. I mean, that's like yeah. like the obvious thing and holding leads. But I do feel like with the moves to Jettison, Backus, and Richie, it, it feels like they're kind of getting their shit together to me. I don't know. Do you, as we, hit, we went into the break, it, of course, they won the game heading into the break. It felt like it felt better than treading water. Would you agree with that assessment, Pete? I don't know if it's necessarily getting your shit together. I think it's more of just realizing that. This isn't working, and you got to do something. Right. And, and I think they're just they're starting to get the wheels moving on that. I don't think that they're there yet, but they are realizing that they got to try some other things and see. Uh, at least they're giving themselves some time before the trade deadline to find out if there are any in-house solutions. Yeah, they they we talked about all along at the beginning, you know, the first couple of months of the season how they built this cushion, 
and they could test different things out. And it, it bought Sweeney some time, and it bought Cassidy right. some time, and bought them some time with injuries and, and whatever. And so now you uh, you look at it, and it, it could have been worse. You know, there were some games that maybe they didn't deserve to win, that they, and or they, especially during that time when they were building up the lead. So then you have those collapses, and you have um, like one one third of the games that they have lost where they've had a two-goal lead since 2010-11 have come in this season. So that that tells you all you need to know about, you know, some of the, the problems closing out and some of the issues they Can have. Can I ask you a question, though? Do you think that they waited too long? Because you knew that Toronto or Tampa was going to turn it on, one of those two. They were going to make up ground. You saw this it was, This isn't necessarily a new problem. Right. Uh, I know that they probably were trying to see if they could – if it was just a temporary slide or whatever, but do you think that they waited too long in terms of an? I tend to think they didn't because, well, one is an is a is a convenient excuse that guys like Coleman and Bleed weren't healthy enough to come in and help them at this point. And I guess they looked at it and they said, well, you know, if, if they're going to treat Frederick now like he's DeBrusque, where DeBrusque got you know a full year, and obviously this will be Frederick's second year, but maybe they're looking at him as he needs to kind of keep building his game. I guess their options were they they didn't really see a. An imp- that much of an improvement from a on a Bacchus or a Richie to rush a kid, so you kind of said, okay, what point of the depth chart do you come now? You know, you could make the argument that Paul Carey maybe could have belonged, come up here and helped a little bit at some point. There's cap ramifications we know from the LTIR and different salary structures that might have been impacting that. The roster got a little tight; they had 23 for a while, um, and you know, so the other only other excuse would be to say, let's strike first and make that trade, right? And you know, obviously, he's he's going to wait it out here a little bit. It seems that sign Kovalchuk. That could have been. That was the other option. Yeah, I mean, we've we mocked that roundly on the. Podcast. We beat that to a pulp, and I'm yeah. not. I'm still not. I mean, he's playing good in that environment where they kind of stink, and someone has to play hard and and score. And I don't know if you still watch him sometimes, and he's taking wide routes on back checks and he's not it's a weird he looks like he's player, having fun how, but does, how is he working and with plus Claude? i don't I, don't, I didn't see him where would he fit in on this he'd be on the second power play here right so wouldn't that have been a waste of his talents but who are you taking off the bruins first power play at this point i mean you, you could take a debrusque or you know heinen whoever's in that low spot out but then kovacha can't play that spot because he needs to get his shot off so it just wasn't a great fit chemistry wise especially when you were carrying the baggage of, of richie and Backus. could you really have taken the risk that this this guy would have come in and dogged it for, for all you know. I mean, you can, you can't predict. I mean, Bergevin, you know, the guy's living up to it, but he doesn't he doesn't know a hundred percent when he do, signs the guy that the guy's going to be motivated. Yeah, there's very little risk there in terms of yeah. financially. Well, did you, when you said did they wait too long? Were you talking about the internal competition and the Bacchus Richie thing? I mean, you could actually go back to the off season and say. Right, Bacchus. Was I mean, we were talking yeah, about right, right. Bacchus in the off season, being right. like, "Is is <laughs> he sure. is he going to be here at the start of the year?" Totally. And you know, I, I mean, it's been it's been obvious that David Bacchus is, wasn't long. The writing was on the wall pretty for a pretty long period. No, of I time. bought I bought into the figure skater that helped him out. I, I <laughs> oh, was God. like, I, he sucked me in on that. He was so emotional. Oh, man. Twelve year old girls. I'm jumping in the drill with him, and I couldn't do the drill. And uh, it was maybe the most humbled I'd ever been in my life. And I went home and I said, this is divine intervention. And I called that skating coach and I said, I need you. Help me. And she helped me. I might have been the only guy. I, don't uh, know. I guess I was the only one. Yeah, no, it's it's not Yeah, it's 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 not necessarily like rushing to sign Ilya Kovalchuk, but I think that everybody knew that, that David Backus probably wasn't in, in the, like, the significant plans of this team. And, and, you know, not to bl- blame everything on David Backus, but 
there are some things that you could have done to get some some kids in here if, a little if earlier. The, if the Kovalchuk thing though isn't the the end all, if it's not the final move, and you bring him in here and then you do make a trade, you might not have a, a lineup spot for Kovalchuk if you're not going to play him on the fourth line. So you have to kind of look forward to say, and, and, and that might have affected his decision too. I mean, we right. don't necessarily know that he might have said, well. I'm going to come to you, but then you're going to trade for Kreider, and where am I playing? You know, so he probably looked at it too. Like Montreal is probably his best option because they're so desperate for scoring that he could go there, and you know, as long as the coach is willing to play him, and we know I'm kind of surprised they they've gotten along this this long. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, last year at the trade deadline, there were a lot of guys that moved that seemed like good options. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. they, they were not in on Stone, or they were. I don't know if they were. Or they they didn't want to pay the price. Yeah. So it drops down to. Uh, your man, Magic Johansson, and yeah. he turns out to be a great right. addition. And you had Simmons out there, and we didn't even know that Gramlin was going to move, and that's a guy that might be on the move again, so there might be somebody they'd be interested in. True. Kovalchuk is a guy that could be on the move again, too. That's true. In, well, that's with true. how well he's played, Montreal should flip him. But is, is, is Kreider like the clear-cut number one target this year, and it's Kreider or Bust, uh, as opposed to last year where there was a wealth of options? Well, this year, I mean, this year sucks in terms of options. Right. There's that's not a I mean. lot, but I think that the difference... The difference there between Bruins and a lot of other teams is that the Bruins, I think, are going to look for an, an extra year of control rather than a rather than a rental, um, and that brings in guys like I know Fluto uh, raised uh, Kyle Palmieri. I think that he might be a nice fit, and like it just it opens up your options a little bit more. Obviously, there's Tyler Toffoli too. Uh, he's he's a rental, but I mean there there are guys. Uh, I I know that the, like the whatever the TSN big board of <laughs> of trade deadline targets, it sucks because there aren't very many great rentals. Right. So. So you um, think it's a Charlie Coyle like deal? Yeah. Where they're going to give yeah. up a big time asset? Uh, oh, Ryan Donato, a big time asset. A big asset. time asset. Yeah, Donato, I wouldn't say is a big time. Well, he was asset. a top five prospect in their organization. That's a pretty good. He's significant, considering how little, how few prospects of that of his caliber necessarily get moved even these days. I mean, but even at that, Lazan might it might it might require a top prospect for Kreider, even for a rental, right? Based on oh, absolutely, just on especially a, of, a player of Kreider's caliber at his age. I mean. For sure. I mean, th- there's no doubt the Rangers are going to answer a big price because as Larry Brooks has been writing that they're still not sellers. <laughs> they don't consider themselves that way. And and who can blame them? I mean, you you, you sign Panarin, Truba, Lundqvist, you know, in his f- lighter years, they might be thinking we can if we get in, anything can happen. They're like yeah. 10 they'd points be, out be, right now, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're 10 points out, and, and Panarin is their entire offense. Right. So. Well, that's just, that, that, that's just it. So how do you replace Chris Carter if you trade him? So not just this year. If they're thinking, I mean, they're talking signing him. They're not going to keep him and lose him for okay. nothing. So if they sign, if they keep him and sign him, that you know, that's something. That's something you build up. He's really difficult to replace, as the Bruins know, because the Bruins have been looking for a Chris Kreider type. I mean, even getting Coyle and Johansson didn't bring you that forward that you really wanted. We never saw Johansson play with Krejci, which is what we're looking for here, right? It's and we've been looking for for five years. So I'm actually I'm looking at the TSN trade list right now, and uh, guess who comes in at number fourteen? Ryan Donato. All right. <laughs> Ryan Donato. Re- reacquire him. Buy low. Exactly. Sell high You're buy left, low. too, after this. Would you give up Lazan, who they brought up for a little showcase, uh, or if that's what it was, or maybe they actually feel, want to see how he, he drives? You know, yeah, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's more a showcase for the Bruins than it is a showcase for other teams. I think other teams know what he is. They know, they've seen him so many times from you know junior and world junior tournaments to now in AHL. Um, yeah, I mean, I would give him, if it's a Palmieri, and you're getting a year of control, then that's for sure. That Lawson is the type of prospect who has upside, who's you know kind of lived up to his expectations thus far, and is the kind of team, guy that teams would want. Not you know where fans are tweeting about Zaboral, and uh, it, it, that's not 
But Lazan and Zaboro next year would have to pass through waivers if they're not on the big club, right? So those two players are expendable in terms of you don't have a spot for him next year. Right? Yeah, I mean, if Zaboro's even back, he's RFA, and he could be a you know a non-tender candidate for all you know. Yeah, I mean, it also depends, too, on like what your plans are with Tory Krug and how that's going to work yeah. out moving forward. So, you know, it's... I wouldn't be opposed to dealing like any of those guys if it gets you somebody who helps now because their window is is tight. Vakanainen too. Go for it. I would I'd prefer to keep Vakanainen, but I mean if he gets you the right player this year and and possibly next year, I say why not? Again, you've got such a small window that you're dumb if you don't go for it. Now Kreider, if they do bring him in as a rental, which there were some reports that it was in the bag already whenever they wanted, right? Oh, the Foley oh, the Foley's in the bag. Yeah. Well, Free- Elliot Friedman was talking about. Uh, Kreider as well, but it, it's almost like too many local guys, right? I mean, enough for the local guys. <laughs> no, what's but, what's I mean, the oversaturation? The this, if it this, works out, it works out. I mean, they love their. We, local we guys. talked about it; didn't used to work out, but now it How does. Many mayors of local towns can you have on the team? I mean, I think up where Kreider's from, I think you're you're the, you're probably the the Duke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Toffoli, what what does he bring? I mean, is he? I'm not sure. I, is he your answer at second line wing? Is he just he's another? top nine candidate that gets floated around yeah I I, I don't know I, I think that he's got he's shown before that he can score he's got he's got some pretty significant skill and talent he's got a nice shot but like I don't think that he's a, like a fantastic all-around player uh, but he's a guy that could complement like a, a nice center so I, I as far as him being like the guy that puts you over the top right. I don't think so but he's somebody who could help all right, so going forward, now they have a cushion here on Tampa as we tape this. Um, will they be caught? Kevin Paul DuPont put this out over the weekend. It's it's over. Uh, the Lightning are going to catch him. Uh, get ready for Leafs and, and Bruins Part 3, which at this point it's not the Leafs. It'd be, you know, whatever, Florida. You know, that, yeah. But do you guys see Tampa? Is it a done deal? Tampa's going to catch him by the end of the year. I think it's a race at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a done deal, but I do think that Tampa looks a whole lot better than the Bruins do right now and that that gap is looking pretty small, especially when they have three games in hand, uh, two or three games in hand, and I think they're only down eight points. So uh, it's it's a race. I mean, and you you really kind of pissed away the, the, the luxury that you built yourself in the beginning of the year. And they just, I, I more I, troubling the overtime situation yeah. or the blown leads because because they both well, 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 right. well the shootout situation yeah, especially right. I mean that, that's seven points you've wasted get half those points you have you know yeah I think I think that like the number of loser points that they've gotten or the the number of winner points that they have left on the table is really what's going to hurt uh, once you get down to the, like the final weeks of the season because if they're you know two points behind, three points behind, you're going to look at those and say, well, we should have gotten a couple of those, and we'd be in a much better spot in the final weeks of the season. So you'll be like retweeting the Martian gaff in the shootout, like the <laughs> yeah. last two weeks of the year. It, just it could come loop. down to that. That could be the difference. Yeah. Who knows? It really could. And there, there's just been – but there, it, the thing is, like, that's one of like a dozen. Yeah. So it's just been such an issue for them and, and that they don't seem to have – that killer instinct, at least not in the past month and a half, two months, where you need that to secure those points that that could make the difference between having home ice, between uh, you know being in, in the number one spot, being in the number two spot, being in the number three spot, like, right. especially in this division. And, you know, it's not even to me. It's not even just the blown leads because, like, like Cassidy said, they were up three nothing, lose four three at Pittsburgh that game. 
if it had been, you know, back and forth, one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four, three, you wouldn't be saying how what a terrible loss it was because it was a hard fought game both ways. It was a great but, game. But actually. the issue is that in that game, the second period, they stopped playing. And mm-hmm. how many times have they done that this season? Whether it's the first periods or the second periods, it's the slow starts, it's the terrible middles. Even when they were winning. Right. Even when they were winning, they, right. were, they I mean, had bad Everyone periods. keeps telling me the Washington game was a great game. They got outshot 44-17 to 17 or something in that game. It's There's always a lull, and they tended to have more excuses for them than answers. Is that a coaching thing? Because it sounds like you're not saying it's, it's personnel. A little, it's, it, it's a little bit of a coaching thing. It's also the personnel that they don't have. The a players sh- a shutdown that, pair. They don't have they, a shutdown pair. They don't have the, the pushback. I mean, teams not only pick it up, you know, hockey wise, they, they 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 pick it up with the physicality. And we saw the reverse from the Friday Pittsburgh game to the Sunday Pittsburgh game again of them being the recipients of hits and the retaliators instead of being the initiators like they're supposed to be. I mean, Wagner went from being the hitting machine to you know being diminutive, being a pussycat again See, in the next game. Mayors. Too many mayors. Yeah, I mean, if you can't roll three or four lines consistently, right. and you you have one and or two pairs. bad shifts, yeah, and you have but, one or two bad shifts, and and you get pinned, right. like that changes the entire. That can change an entire period, and right. then in turn change the entire momentum of a game. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of coaching, a little bit of personnel, yeah, and a little bit of just thir- taking your foot off the, the gas. The third too. defense pair has become a, a kind of a black hole. Whether it's more Grizzly Camphor. They're they're not capable of a full strong game. They're, there's they're and they're the type of gaffes that can make, change the momentum of a game, but also have caused this coach who gives everyone a pretty long rope to bench guys to scratch guys. It's it's clear that he's kind of at the end of what uh, you know at the end of his nerves on that guys, and that's where the laws on thing came in, and uh, and where they have to be shopping for this now. McAvoy and Chara are technically the shutdown pair and used a lot in defensive zone starts, right? And they've done pretty well if you look at the numbers. But is that just overlooking at the numbers? I mean, is it not elite enough? Or you're saying it's more of a third pair issue than it is a top pair issue in terms of protecting leads and uh, being a, a lockdown I team. think it's a third pair issue in that you don't – you can't – it's hard for him to juggle. You know, we, we would see sometimes where it would be Chara and Miller or – You'd put Chara with Carlo and Miller with Krug to get through certain games, and they just don't have the depth to do that. And you know, just like we always talk about Sweeney not filling the, the that right wing role, you knew Kevin Miller was a long shot to like be back by this point of the season. Never mind that I don't. I'm I'm going to go on record and say he's not coming back. This Whoa, season. no! I just saw there was hope last week. What the hell? No, there was hope yesterday. Somebody wrote. I don't know what what, what they took out of yesterday that gave them hope, but. It's not going to happen here. I, I think they might even don't want him back because they have to use his LTIR to help this team. So they might be discouraging this. And uh, they had to address that. And if you thought Connor Clifton, you know, knowing what we know about the development of defensemen, we, where he's come from, the type of player he is, to think that he was just going to come in healthy or not and, and just be that Kevin Miller replacement was crazy. And they never they never stood up, I mean, to to, to get to, to add some bulk to the, to the defense here. I mean, maybe Petrovic can somehow – Swing it at some point here, but I mean, I haven't seen too much of him in Providence, and clearly they're not in a, in a hurry to get him on an NHL deal up here. So, you know, that was the only thing that they did to try to maybe address it at all. So, they, I mean, they need defensive help too at the deadline. It's not just they need a, they need a two player yeah. trade, maybe from the same, maybe in the same fell Yeah, get whatever it takes to get Palmieri and Vatnin. I would do that with New Jersey. Hmm. I don't know what Vatnin's what does Vatnin's contract look like? I, I think he's a he's he's a rental. Okay, yeah. Well, who else is going to make a big trade, Pete? Like last year, obviously they had plenty of competition for 
the top guys. Uh, I think when you, I mean Pittsburgh needs a little bit of depth. Um, you know, St. Louis is probably going to look to add a little bit of scoring as well. Dallas definitely needs offense. Um, so offense seems to be kind of in, in high demand right now. Um, and it's honestly it's it's a lot of the same situations that you saw last year. Like it's a lot of carryover. Dallas went out and got Zuccarello last year because they needed offense. They're back in the same position. The Bruins are in the same position where they need a little bit of reinforcement on the, on the front end. Um, so I, you know, I think that that offense is going to kind of be in high demand and there's not a lot to go around. So the prices could be pretty, pretty ugly for limited assets. You know, it's funny you bring up Pittsburgh because we always talk about Jim Rutherford and, and being aggressive and, yep. and maybe them being interested to Foley. The fact that Pittsburgh hasn't pulled the trigger on a Toffoli deal that maybe get out ahead of the Bruins and to bolster their team makes you wonder about Toffoli and how <laughs> do teams really want yeah. this guy? Or are they all just saying, if I can't get anyone else, I'll take Toffoli? Yeah, and it's, in, and it's interesting, too, because <laughs> it's a situation where you came into the year knowing that that guy was going to get moved. Right. And they, they were like set on that from the very beginning. The Kings have stunk all year long. Right. So like, there's really no reason to wait. And it still hasn't happened yet. Right. There's not been a ton. And, of and on the there. subject of a two-player trade, that if I'm talking to LA, Alec Martinez, Alec Martinez, exactly. I mean, if 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 you can work it cap wise, and I don't know what it's going to take. If 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 there's some way to get that Bacchus thing off and and, keep, and retain some of it, so LA could buy him out next year. I mean, I don't know if I love the idea of paying for both Toffoli and Martinez because they those are considered to be right the top of, of right. the list and well, so, neither of them are that so when you say go good. for it though i mean when i look at it it's like okay you you went for it for the most part last year your yeah, johansson they didn't overpay Not really. they didn't you can, overpay you can, you can go for it without right. overpaying so if you but okay but it didn't work i mean obviously it did. well it did. their excuse is that they that they went to game seven but i i, I just hate the like we went to Game Seven, so we were right. But they, but they went to Game Seven on the strength of those contributions from the guys that they got. When, yeah, and luckily they got past Toronto because they weren't getting anything from either right. of those guys. That's what so I'm that, saying. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that you can look at what they did at the deadline last year and say right. that it failed. And that, and that it I'm not saying work. it failed, but what, it wasn't enough. That's what I'm saying because you didn't win. And like I try to say is like, you went to Game Seven in the finals. That's great. But maybe if you were a better team, you don't go seven with a with a Toronto team that they should have been able to, to handle better. Maybe. You have less wear and tear when you get to certain places. Maybe you're able to respond differently to St. Louis within that series, make the ju- adjustments quicker when you had to. The Columbus series maybe wouldn't have been as tough. Th- th- things just change differently to me when you – now, I'm not saying there was necessarily a deal. I mean, obviously, the, the Stone thing would have blown them up a lot more, would have set them back. But I'm saying now, comparing last year, what they did to this year, do they have to do something bigger and better – to really get a guy that you know 100 – I mean, even getting Johansson, they didn't know where he was fitting, right? It's like, okay, this is a wing. He's versatile. He could play where he ended up playing. He could play with Krejci. He might even play – we said he might even play with Bergeron and Marchand when he came over. We, we didn't know. Gets hurt, comes back, and, and gets plugged in that spot. They leave it together, obviously. Do you need to go out and get – Well, they feel like a much better team at this point this yeah. year than they yeah. did last year, don't they? I mean, yeah. obviously the standings say uh, that. And, but, but, it, and it's also – I mean, it's also a product of – Toronto and Tampa stinking like Toronto I mean Tampa was a juggernaut last year and Toronto was good right and so by you know relatively speaking the Bruins didn't look as good if this Bruins team was last year would it be the same thing maybe but Postanuk's a much 
That's true. Better yeah. player. And Coyle's here, and he wasn't. Yeah, He's a 10-goal guy yeah, Coyle's right Coyle's here. I mean, Grizzly has struggled. Grizzly struggled. To answer your question, I, I think that yeah. they're in – they don't need to make, like, a, a huge splash. Right? Like, I think that they could go for something very similar to what they did last year and be in – like, I would, I would consider Paul Mary to be, like, a similar play. Okay, and like I, I don't think that you need a whole lot more than that in terms. So of, just get him and not a D. Just well, no, just I'm not. saying like yeah. if you were to make like a, a like a Johansson comparable on mm. defense, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you, defense isn't. A so concern. would Martinez fit that, or is Martinez a, a, he signed a step next above. year? By the way, four million next year. Yeah, so that's, that's I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't go for Martinez. I, I think that that's too much money for a player who's not worth it. <laughs> And also, I mean, you, you might be able guys. to. So do you just guys. do like a Brendan Dillon? I don't know if he's the get, answer, but some like, size. Some, yeah, some sort of just like kind of like a body who's serviceable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would kind of be John Moore, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if yeah, fig- yeah, if he figured out how to be serviceable. <laughs> Looking at the Bruins to this point, the, I mean, the MVP is clearly Pasternak, right? In terms of like internal oh, team awards, not even a debate. It's amazing. But uh, you know what, though? If you, uh, debating awards, somebody did bring up, it always comes up on Twitter, seventh player. Is there one Bruins player? I would say maybe Pasternak is the one who has exceeded expectations because if he gets 60 goals, no one expected that. I mean, I predicted him to win the Rocket Richard, not to pat myself on the back. So yeah. didn't not really exceeding my expectations at did this you point really? in time. Yeah. All right. Well, you won't I, be voting. I predicted the, I, the the current top three. I had Pasternak, Matthews, and and Ovechkin. Wow. As my top three. Uh, so. you think, do you think he's going to hold those guys off in the race? I don't know. It's I mean, it's tough. I think uh, Ove- Ovechkin, Ovechkin scored eight I, goals this as week. As I tweeted, <laughs> as I tweeted, much to the you know insult of all the Bruins fans, like pa- Ovechkin's going to get it because he gets all these empty net goals. He never passes yeah, one up, passes up yeah. whereas opposed to pasta, pasta's, and I wasn't criticizing Pasta for being a team <laughs> player. I was just pointing out that Ovechkin's going to shoot that puck every time. Yeah, I put out a similar tweet when he passed that up. I was like, so help me God, if he yeah. misses the rocket by one goal right. and we after all the know, bet we that all I know his attitude. the season, right. I'm going mean, to be heck, furious. Even within a game when there's a goalie, he, he passes up sometimes when he shouldn't. I mean, if he shot more... He would score more, but maybe they wouldn't. You know, it always comes back to would they be a better team? Because if you get into if you're, if you're not going to score, that he I think I think that's going to be one play. of the one of the funniest uh, funnest parts of of this season is the the final stretch of the season yeah. and watching Pasternak, Matthews, and Ovechkin. And you can't count McDavid out. I mean, he could have an eight goal week and be right in this thing. I mean, that's true. But I, I think it's going to be those three guys. Because I think I, they're winning, or at least they're competitive in that terrible division. I, I'm interested to see how he responds and how much he does like a Nathan McKinnon carry in the avalanche last year when McDavid really says, holy crap, we can yeah. not only make the playoffs, we can win this division, put ourselves like this. is He's got to be so hungry for this that uh, I, 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 I could see him, you know, winning the, the, the Ross and the, and the Richard. And going back to the like teams that need offense, just going down the list, like the Penguins need offense, the Blues need offense, the Bruins need offense. Uh, the Stars need offense. The Islanders definitely need <laughs> offense. Uh, the Flames, for sure, are going to try to trade for a forward. Um, you know, the Coyotes may do the same thing again on top of Taylor Hall if they're trying to make a push because th- wow. that that division right. is so wide open, and there are so many teams that could make a play. So, a lot of teams going for offense, and and Yikes. I think the price is going to be crazy. So get ready for Tyler Toffoli to be the savior. <laughs> uh, so who is your seventh player? Is it Bjork? 
Well, like I said, I mean, if it's not Pasternak, I guess it's either Bjork or, or Carlo, although I guess you were expecting Carlo to do this built off of last year's playoffs. And then, yeah, I mean, Bjork just because he started the year in the minors and then became starting uh, starting player in the top nine, I mean, it's it's really difficult. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a popularity contest, and I, I would assume that, that Pasternak's just going right. to run away with it. Uh, LVP is, despite your best... <laughs> Uh, efforts to pump him up, Richie, right? I mean, he's, it's Brett Richie. I think it's more like Bacchus because if, if he bothered to take the skating lessons, he should have put them to good use. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, oh man! No, you know, Richie, Richie is Richie. He was a million Richie dollar player. Richie. They were just peeling him off. I mean, he had. Hey, look what he's doing in Providence now. He's killing penalties, and he had three goals in two games. <laughs> you might not have heard the last of Brett Richie, actually. Oh, you're right about that, though. They'll probably bring him back. I mean, it, it does sting with uh, with letting Achari go and seeing what he's doing right. and, and having this guy. I mean, but they were going to strike out on one of these lower lower level bottom six guys. Well, it is it is troubling they, that the other side of that coin right now is that Chris Wagner, since he signed his extension. Except for a game or two, has looked lost out yeah. there, and it might be the next candidate for healthy scratch. I mean, we saw Nordstrom come out of the lineup for bleed. The he, whole line's kind of LVP. I mean, Corrali yeah. could be thrown in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wonder if Corrali's nursing something. He hasn't just looked right at all. His skating is, is off. Um, they definitely sometimes have fallen in love with trying to be a for, a fourth line that scores <laughs> instead of a fourth line that plays. You know, takes care of the defensive end first, but. It's it's been a, a hodgepodge there, and and Bleed might be the stabilizer because at least it, we know at least one thing about Anton Bleed is he's never gonna not be the one in the in the, somebody's face, which is something we've been looking for from this team, you know, most of the season. Who was your preseason uh, Cup final pick, Pete? Uh, I had Vegas and uh, I believe Tampa, Vegas and Tampa. And how you, how do you feel about that now? Uh, I mean. A lot better than I did like a month and a half <laughs> yeah, right, ago. Exactly. Uh, but uh, Vegas, I, uh, Vegas is still struggling and still trying that to figure team it be, out. You watch that team. How are they not kicking, Spe- killing especially it? Especially in that division. I think that's a big reason why Gallant got fired. I didn't agree with it, but I think right. that, that you look at that division and how wide open it is, how, how for the taking it is, and you look at where Vegas is in that division with all that talent, they, they should be blowing everybody else out of right. the water. I took so. Tampa and Nashville, so I look even worse. Uh, I had I had Colorado Pittsburgh, and you scoffed at my Pittsburgh I did, pick. I did. I did. I thought that Pittsburgh was going to take a massive step back no, this year. They don't, and and they don't. But like, even I thought they came in with the worst team. Their defense was still suspect. And then you look at all the injuries that they suffered in the beginning half of the year, yeah. and like when they were missing like eight forwards in the first couple months of the of the season, I was like, no. this could be it for them. But you know what it is? I mean, I was saying to someone yesterday. You can say Donnie Sweeney's GM of the year and GMs of the year before that, well, whoever they were, McPhee. You can't pick a GM of the year because a GM is not a year, a one-year thing. Yeah. GM is a body of work, and Jim Rutherford is the GM yeah, of the NHL. No, he is no, the guy no, you want not, to run. Jack Johnson is a part of his right. team, and anytime that's happening, you can't make him GM of anything. I, mean, how, they I, don't, made, know, I don't know how that's even succeeding. It's well, Jack Johnson Rutherford might, has has like a good body of work, but he like trades well exactly. But, but in the past, everybody in the has past two or three years. <laughs> yeah, but in the past two or three years, he struck out a ton, and it was after the Caps beat the Penguins and they got 
he went for Ryan Reeves because he because that team was getting pushed around by Tom Wilson. Like he just got obsessed with getting big bodies and getting tougher and being able to stand up to Tom Wilson in that division and in that rivalry. And they just Jack Johnson, that terrible deal went out and got Cabranson. But then he gets Schultz on a good deal, so he encounters these things just like any of GM. Yeah, but like, but they're constantly right there. They're a threat, and he's never. Jack He's Jones always going for it. Twenty-two at three million a year. Like if he, if, if Sweeney is, had made that deal, three million he is would nothing be fired by now. John Moore is two point seven five for six million. So what was what was worse? Tw- not for three years after this. It is three more is years three after years? this. Yes, yeah, they, they signed him it's to a, a, an I'd unnecessarily long deal. I would take more of a Johnson. Would Johnson even be playing if uh, if Schultz was was healthy? I thought that I thought that Jack Johnson was making a little bit more than that. Was oh maybe there was some retention. AAV's three point two five really? per, per spot okay. track, but anyway, it's still overpaid. The point Regardless. is, the point is, there's also a, obviously a great drafting structure where they're bringing in the Zach yes, Aston Reeses the and the Bluegers, and they just plug and play these guys. And and they, I mean that's the biggest key to success for right. for and sustainability that's what, is you and need that's to what draft the Bruins well. have lacked this season. I mean, obviously we've yeah. seen plenty of guys come up and then, you know, not knocking the Bruins, but they needed. They need a Lazan to come in and play regularly at this point and maybe do it if they're not trading at that point. And like you have to have guys on entry level deals performing and, and giving you solid contributions because like just the way that the cap works, it's the only way to have sustainable success. Right. And and you know, they've they've had a rotation here. You know, we've seen we've seen everybody here. We've seen Frederick Hughes, Senishin. We've seen them all come up. So, if whereas in Pittsburgh, one of these guys comes up and clicks, this it hasn't happened this year for these guys, and not yet, yeah. it's not going to happen every year. And you're saying, forget about Stanika; they're going to keep him down there all year. That's just no. I'm not saying that. I, oh. I mean, it seems like they probably are keeping an open mind about that. I guess maybe it depends more on what happens at the deadline. Maybe it's not. Maybe they give him another month or something. I, I don't think he's a guy they're committed to. That he has to stay down there. It's just a matter of the position. I think. They're still trying to f- subscribe to this theory that he's a center. We don't want him on the wing, even though they played him two periods there. It wasn't a, a big thing. And you know, f- Whereas Frederick, I think they're more open to some versatility. All right, Pete, we will see you bright and early, February 9th. Uh, Calvin will be rolling in at uh, 7.59, coming off the night game, but prior to that. But we love the commitment. Back again, second straight run, maybe to a cup final on Sunday skate on Sunday mornings. Beautiful stuff. Anything else to plug? Oh, that's it. We'll take a shot back at uh, – uh, your uh, hockey father. We had uh, Bob McKenzie on the show, and he, he took a little jab at you. I don't know if you I, that. Well, he didn't take a jab. He said that he, he said that I was shopping for shoes, which I don't consider a jab because I have a great collection of shoes. <laughs> Pito probably buying new shoes. <laughs> Some lifts. Yeah, that's what he needs. See you next week.